Welcome to Master the Workflow, a podcast focused on building your career and success in the professional feature film and television editing world. I'm Lawrence Jordan, co-creator of Master the Workflow's flagship course, Feature Film Assistant Editor Immersion, and a veteran editor with over 50 film and television editing credits. This episode is a rebroadcast of an interview I did back in 2010 with Bill Warner, the founder of Avid Technology and inventor of the Avid Media Composer. Bill's vision in the late 1980s was not only a paradigm shift in the way we work in editorial, it ushered in an entirely new era, both behind and in front of the camera. I hope you enjoy my talk with Bill Warner. So where did you get the idea for the Avid? Well, I loved photography, and I always have loved photography from age of six I had a brownie camera and then the Instamatic camera and I remember that moment when I got a Nikon FTN I, it was like graduating college and I was 15 or something um, and uh, it was just a, a, a great thing and then when video cameras got small enough that you could actually buy them and carry them around um, something that would be enormous today but uh, for two thousand dollars the thing that would go on the side and the, ca and the separate camera uh, I bought one of these things and I started shooting video and then I realized you need to edit this stuff and the question then was how do you edit mm -hmm. um, and I uh, we always had family vacations at my parents place in Palm Springs they were retired and lived in Palm Springs the whole family came there and I came with my video camera mm -hmm. started shooting videos of uh, my nieces and nephews and uh, one time I decided that I would uh, make this video uh, called take the money and run and um, we scripted it out and, and made parts for all the kids, and uh, I directed it and shot it, and, and um, it was a big production with the whole family. And uh, and then I went into post production, uh, in in front of the fake fireplace uh, in my uh, parents' um, Palm uh, at Palm Springs house, and I sat there with with the camera um, tape deck connected to the their home tape deck, meaning they could not watch any television during this whole time. And it took hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And of course, I could not punch in at the right places and I couldn't get it all to be right. Clean edits. But, oh, no, forget that. Yeah. Um, and just being anywhere in the ballpark was a good thing and you move on. Yeah. Uh, pure frustration. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, and uh, so I made this video called Take the Money and Run. And I got to tell you, uh, we just watched it just now and it still brings joy to my heart to see that. And uh, um, and it did to our whole family. And it was that experience that it was so hard to edit that made me feel like something's got to be better than what I have. And, and how did you proceed from there? How did you get from that idea to, let's say, prototype? Okay, well, the, there was a long distance between Take the Money and Run and the Avid. So I was doing these, these family videos, and that was you know, wonderful but incredibly tough to do. And then um, at the company I was working at, Apollo Computer, they had a little editing system. So mm -hmm. I thought, ah, oh, now this is gonna be good. So I went and started using their little editing system, Panasonic knob editor, and it was more accurate, but it was still the same pain of linear editing. Yes. It was starting to come to me what this linear editing thing meant. What it really meant was, you change your mind, 
you lose it. Right. I mean, it was really painful. And basically, you had to just keep building and building. And if you ever wanted to go back, forget it. So I was just discovering this. I didn't really, I had never heard about it, read about it. I just sort of like discovered the pain myself mm -hmm. uh, for the very first time. And um, so then I kept looking for ways to solve this pain because I liked editing and I needed my, some sort of good editing fix. Right. And um, so I was, an, I was a product manager at Apollo Computer. We made this, I was the product manager for a 3D graphics workstation like Silicon Graphics, compete with Silicon Graphics. Mm -hmm. And um, I convinced my boss that we needed a video for this thing, not a brochure. And so, uh, and the whole idea was to use one of those computerized editors mm -hmm. that would do just the way editing the way I wanted it to be if I had enough money to rent one. Mm -hmm. So. He said, fine, I got the budget. I called up this place, Video One in Boston. I said, you have a computerized editor? And they said, sure do. And I said, how much is it? And he said, 300 bucks an hour. And I was like, oh God, but I had the budget. So um, I said, okay, and I shot my stuff on three quarter inch tape with time code. I thought that was very fancy. Um, yep, and uh, I came in to Video One with my stack of tapes. And um, they said, where's your script? And I said, I don't have a script. I'm just going to work it out on your computerized editing system. And they kind of tilted their head a little bit. And, um, I said, um, and I said, I want you to show me how to run it. And they tilted their head a little more. Um, but they said, oh, you know, I'm an engineer. I was young. And you know, they said, OK. So they sat me down at the machine. And when I saw the green monitor, I was a little worried. Um, and uh, so, but I said, okay, show me how it works. And they said, okay, P is play. And they hit P and it started playing. Um, and they said, space bar is stop, that stopped. And they hit R is rewind and it started backing up. And I said, what do you mean rewind? And uh, they said, well, what do you mean, what do you mean rewind? And I said, is there a tape deck? Uh, and they said, well, of course there's a tape deck. <laughs> and and I, I said, wait a minute, this is a computerized editor, right? And they said, yeah. And, and I said, you're just controlling tape decks? Uh, and they said, well, yeah. And I said, so what good is it? <laughs> so you had a vision of the Avid before it was, you know. I thought I could rent one. <laughs> I thought if I had enough money, I could rent one. All right, so I went and I rented what I thought was an Avid. Wow. And and I get there and it's it's controlling the tape decks and I said, I said, how is this better than my knob editor that I already have, the Panasonic? They said, you can't do frame accurate editing with that. And I said, you were right, but you know, so you can punch in exactly to the frame and there's, yeah. And they said, and oh, and you can rebuild the edit list if you want, you know, if you want to take forever to do that. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and they said, when do you need this, this uh, tape? And I said, tomorrow. And they said, call your boss. Remember, I was a young guy at that point. Call your boss, call it off, your, your history. Um, and they were going to charge you. <laughs> <laughs> they were actually very nice. But uh, I said, no. Um, and uh, they said, all right, then you have to go make a paper edit. We'll give you a, a burn-in uh, on, on, on tape. And you go and make a paper edit. And you come back tomorrow, and we'll do, a, do an online. 
And that's what we did. Well, you bring back bad memories. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got it done. Yeah. The video was an enormous hit. Oh, was this, it? Oh, yeah. The sales force loved it. I mean, here was this product. They just didn't understand 3D graphics, how many, you know, polygons per second and vectors per second. And all, they never even heard of this stuff. Made it crystal and, clear. Yeah. They just, well, they just popped it in for the customer. And so they loved it. And what happened then was every new product then had a video. Mm -hmm. And I was involved in making these videos. So I was doing more and more videos. Mm -hmm. And then we added Paintbox. And then we added animation. And, and, and we kept adding the budget for all this stuff, but we did not increase the budget for the post. Mm -hmm. So what would happen is, is that the post would be a one-day post mm -hmm. with more and more complexity. In the, uh, um, in, the in the time frame. And so I would be in, in the editing suite trying to make little blips go around. We'd have a blip going this way for the network and the, the shine come up and then this and then that. And time was running out and it just, and by the time I'd done my 10th one of these, I finally, I got to a point where I said, I'm done. I am not gonna come back into an online suite again. I didn't know what I was gonna do. Right. I just said, I'm not coming back. So in 1980, um, four is the um, is that video of the uh, it was a DN 580 workstation. In 1985, I got involved with the deal uh, for Apollo with General Motors EDS, mm -hmm. where they said they wanted to buy 600 million dollars worth of workstations. Wow. And I was one of a few people that went to the bidding conference on this. And they said, among other things, that they wanted video in a window. They wanted to see full resolution video in a 1280 by 1024 screen. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the room, there were hundreds of companies in the room, they're sitting there like, huh? Wow. You know, they'd never heard of that. Right. Um, and, and of course, I had been thinking about video. And I came back from that and I, said to the management of Apollo, I said, we can win this deal. We can do this video thing. Is I wanted to do it, I, you know? Of course. And um, so um, I convinced a little company that was making boards that did 640 by 480 computer Compressed. with video, uh, with video integrated, oh, right. okay? They had always wanted to do a 1280 by 1024, but there was no customers for that. So I went to them, I said, we've got this huge potential deal. Will you do it? And they basically said yes. Um, and um, so they built a three board set uh, for, the, uh, um, uh, for the PC bus that was uh, what the Apollo, Apollo had. Right. It took so much power, they had to, uh, the Apollo engineers had to make a new box that had huge power supplies just to do it. And they actually called the project Giraffe because of how far out they were sticking their neck. <laughs> and, um, and, but we won. You got the contract. We got the contract. And that company, um, which is called Parallax Graphics, I don't know if they're still around, they built that board mm -hmm. and, uh, and went on to sell it. And uh, it did a video in a window. Mm -hmm. And it also had a feature called um, the ability to to uh, very fast uh, move video from off screen to on screen. And I started to think, oh, if I can store the video off screen and if I can blit it, uh, it's called bit block transfer, I can blit it on screen fast enough. And then if I could be refilling that buffer fast enough from the disk, maybe I can get motion video 
for a, a lot of, uh, of, of you know, longer footage. Right. So Quantel, you know, uh, Harry was around for but 30 seconds of high quality video. Right. People did not have long form right. uh, digital video at that time. So you were looking for a way to create a way to capture longer pieces of motion video. Well, I was looking for a way to playback uh, motion video, and so uh, playback, not playback. Yeah, capture was a whole nother issue, um, uh, and uh, so th this project for the on the Apollo gave me some of the seeds uh, for it, and and then I started making the most crude prototypes. I, one of the things I work with entrepreneurs, and I, I teach them, you know. Don't be, uh, what's the right word? You know, don't be proud. You know, <laughs> make, make, you know, make demos that just get the point across with whatever you can do to get the point across. Because refinement is all part of the process. Exactly. Like just so, like editing. Right, right. So I decided I'm going to take this board and I'm going to show editing. I don't. I, there was no way I could digitize footage. No way. That was a huge software project to do. Yeah. The board technically could do it. Yeah. P huge piece of software to make. And I, you know, this. So I just, I took um, six graphics. We had some computer graphics from Apollo. A baseball stadium, the orangutan, which is one of those you know, pictures from computer graphics all the time, uh, a dishwasher, a few other things. Mm -hmm. And I had a graphics guy put a line on each frame. Mm -hmm. right? So I had, I had 60 frames of, of the um, orangutan and 60 frames of dishwasher, baseball. And I asked the, my engineer, I said, put a line. All right, on the next frame, go six degrees. Next frame, six degrees, six degrees, six degrees, so that in 60 frames, the line went around. It was just to show some motion, yes. okay? So, uh, so I, I basically ended up with 360 frames off screen, uh -huh. uh, each with a line that would go a little further, uh -huh. and we made a little editing interface that let you, and I gave a demo where I said, let's say you're at a baseball game, and it's baseball, and the little lines are going around. And I said, cut to a commercial, and it's a, it's dishwasher, and the line goes around. <laughs> you know? And and then to another commercial, orangutan, and the line's going around. I'd like to have a copy of that. That sounds fun. It's, it might be on some of these tapes, yeah. So, but I mean, this was a demo of a machine that cost, in the end, millions and millions and millions of dollars to create. Wow. But we did it in you know a couple hours of, of uh, software um, using what we had, which was the parallax board. As I began to um, uh, crystallize how I would make this, mm -hmm. at the same time, Apollo Computer uh, was being, uh, was having all kinds of problems, management problems, and it was really clear that it, things were not going well. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty low in the organization. Mm -hmm. so because I was 31 years old or so. Um, and, um, uh, but I knew all the high-ups because I had done this deal, GM deal, you know? And I went to him and said, um, here's this idea. And the president of the company said, we'll fund it. Wow. And he said, I'll give you space, give you some money, do it here, this would be great. And I said, okay. Fantastic. Uh, I, said, I said, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. I went to my boss. Uh, this guy's name is Mike Gallup, big tall guy, deep voice, and he, um, you know, and he said, "Bill, how hard is it to get the money we need to make the workstations we need to compete with Sun?" I said, "Well, pretty hard." He said, "How likely is it? Do you think you'll really get the money for doing this?" 
-hmm. And I said, no, I don't know. He said, if you really want to do this, you get out of here right now. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, go do it. And um, two weeks later, I quit. Wow. Two weeks after that, the president who gave me the funding or proposed the funding was fired. Wow. So. So where did you get the funding? I mean, did you show a prototype to an investor or at the MIT um, uh, startup conference? Um, so I made these little demos and I started showing people and getting people excited. Um, and there was a lot of people pushing me to not to try to go so far. I would show them the video, you know, and you could tell it was going to be, I mean, we didn't even have video. We had these little things with lines going around. Yeah. Um, but they were still pretty small on the screen. Yeah. And um, people said, why don't you use tape decks to give you the quality? And then you could, I was like, no, digital video, digital audio. It's got to be digital. It's got to be fast. Um, and we just kept sticking to our guns and making demos a little better, a little better. And uh, then eventually figured out how to get that video in just for a little bit of it, how to get the video to play back, how to get sound with the video. We didn't have sound for the longest time. Um, and then uh, I hired this guy, Jeff Bedell, who was my first engineer. He's still at Avid today. Um, and um, he uh, started actually building the Avid system. Um, and we uh, started building a prototype. And we started showing it to customers. And uh, so we built a first prototype that was very film-oriented, had film strips, and it was going to be all about cutting film, just film interface, film, film, film. Virtually. Right. Which, by the way, I wasn't a film guy, but I understood putting pictures out. Right. You know? Timeline. So, uh, yeah, there was a timeline and there was a film view. Mm -hmm. and, and funny thing, that original Avid thing is very similar to uh, iMovie today, the, right. the, the, oh, new, the newest I, version? The new iMovie. Interesting. Yeah. Um, just totally film-oriented. We showed that to some people, and they were like, where's the play and record, you know, thing? You know, I, I, want, I want the play and record monitor. So we actually took two paths. We need to, made two prototypes. One is a film visual, mm -hmm. and we made a, a second one, which was a, a, a source record visual mm -hmm. editing system, and we decided to rent a suite at the NAB show mm -hmm. and invite people to see this. So I picked up one of those guidebooks to video post-production, yeah. and I opened the book, and basically if they had any fancy equipment, we invited them. So if they had a Quantel Harry, or if they had anything kind of, you know, beefy, Upscale. yeah, yeah, <laughs> we invited them to come to our suite at the NAB show. 86 or 87? 87. So I had a venture capitalist friend of mine, Bill Kaiser, who was interested in February, he had the first demo, February 1988. So Bill looked at the, uh, at the system. He was excited, but puzzled, you know, never seen anything like this. And so, so early on, I made a decision, one, that we're going to go to NAB. Mm -hmm. So that set a stake in the ground. And then we decided we're going to take these two prototypes to NAB, and we're going to invite all these people. And we got a, a, we got a, a, a suite with two rooms. Mm -hmm. And... Um, um, and I also decided I'm going to invite Bill, and I'm going to have him be there. If people like it, great. If they hate it, then he'll hear what they hated, and we'll figure out how to fix what they didn't like. Great. Um, great. I said, just you didn't you didn't have the mindset of if they hate it, that's it. It's over. Oh no way. 
No, please don't. No, we were we were too into it at that point. I mean, I could taste it. I wanted that machine. Yeah. I, I you know, um, I, I wanted the thing. You know, it's just I had to have it. Yeah. Um, so we we went we ship we, we went to the NAB show. Um, we shipped by Federal Express. Our machines were lost. In shipping? Yeah. They okay. found them. Oh, good. Uh, in time. Oh, <laughs> and we, I, we were sweating bullets, but just to show you how much, how much money meant to us at that time, we were thrilled because now the shipping was free. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like $1,000 to send these big machines. But because you know, they lost because it. Because they lost it for, for a few hours or something. Well, it was, it, right, right, right. So we get our machines and um, we set it up in the suite. Oh, we had a real process. We called people at their hotels. Are they going to come? You know, we we uh, we had two rooms. We pre-screened them in the one room, and we surveyed them before seeing it. We surveyed them after seeing it. We asked them what price points they were willing to 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 play out, what features they wanted. We asked them graphically. We asked them with numbers. We asked them. You know, we had all these measurements. Uh, yeah, measurements. We wanted. This was our moment to figure out whether we had something or not. And we asked, do you want black and white for 14,000, or do you want a medium system for 50,000, or you know, the, all the bells and whistles for 85,000? They all said, look, we want 85,000. We'll spend, we'll spend 85,000. And we want the features. We want color. We want this. Loaded up. Loaded up, 85 grand. That's, that's our price point. And um, so we came back, and Eric Peters was there. And my plan as an engineer was that we were going to do 15 frames per second. Because mm -hmm. if, if you look at it, the, the speed of the disk was here, mm -hmm. right? To do 30 frames per second from that disk meant you would have to use it at like up to here, which in engineering you can't do. You just don't do that. You need more headroom. You need more headroom. So I said, we're going to go to 15 frames a second. We can do that. Mm -hmm. Right? And so that's what I said. We're gonna, you know, actually, we asked them, how's 15, how's 30? We did ask them this. Mm -hmm. And they all said, we have to have 30. <laughs> they have to have 30. We have to have 30. In my mind, I said, you're getting 15. <laughs> I didn't tell them that. But I said, you're getting 15. So at that event, everybody loves the machines. They, they, they say they'll buy them. Bill Kaiser, sitting on the bed in the hotel room, he says, we're going to invest. Um, so Greylock invested $500,000, which even then was small, mm -hmm. but it was, it was, uh, Bill's first full investment, mm -hmm. uh, as a venture capitalist. Um, and, um, they invested 500,000 in, in, um, August of 1988. Mm -hmm. Um, that same month we go to the SIGGRAPH show, Apollo computer, our friends, um, said, can you bring some cool demos? And I said, we're not ready yet. You know, we don't want to announce. They said, just bring some cool demos. And so we had, my view was the Avid One media composer should start by duplicating everything in the online suite. Mm -hmm. as our, because after all, all of that's known. So that's a reasonable thing to do. Let's duplicate everything in the first release. That's what I told the engineers I wanted to do. I was young and naive. <laughs> I mean, I was absolutely convinced that that was a piece of cake. So I hired an engineer to do DVE, you know, digital video effects. Right. So we had this demo of 
D, uh, DVE and video, yeah. real video. Yeah. I mean, not by now, we had plenty of real video. We had all kinds of real videos squeezing in, multiple channels. He had things with like 32 channels of, of DVE, you know. Wow. You know, it wasn't high resolution, but it was mind blower. So we thought, what the heck? You know, that's not our product. Why don't we show it? So we show it in the Apollo booth. Oh. All right. What happens? These two guys from Apple show up. And they're like, you have to be on the Mac. Oh, nice. And I said, no. And they said, no, no, you really need to be on the Mac. This needs to be on the Mac. And I was like, come on. You know, we're on an Apollo workstation here. This is the VP stuff. And they said, look, we'll send you a machine. Just test it. I'm like, oh, I'm busy, you know. And they said, we'll just send you a machine. Okay. So... We come back from the cigarette show and we can't get in the door to our building because there's a box of Apple machines sitting in the way of the door. Nice. Um, so, you know, being a hardware engineer, you know, I, I'm like, I can't, but it's like, we got to open the box, you know? And, um, and so I open the box and I call this guy, Michael Chow at a Apple. And I say, we never know what to do with these things. What do we do with it? And um, he said, okay, I'll hook you up with a so software engineer who knows how to do this. So we hire this. We get this guy, George Madewell, mm -hmm. and we say, okay, George, we got to test how fast this thing is. Mm -hmm. So we had the issue of what was called the main memory bit blip speed, which was if you had something in memory over here, mm -hmm. how fast could you blit it even to a small piece of the screen mm -hmm. and how many frames per second could we do that? Mm -hmm. All right. The Apollo, we had gotten up to nine mm -hmm. frames per second. I was like, that wasn't great, but at least you had motion and we figured we could optimize it and we could. I was thinking we could get to 15, yeah. right? Yeah. So we get George to make this test on the Mac and he does the test. And the answer is 45. Wow. I'm like 45. Did you do the test right? Are you kidding? And he done the test right. Okay. So 45. So then the next key question that that's the blitting from main memory to screen. The next thing is you have to feed main memory from the disc. Right. Right. We were getting about 200 kilobytes per second off of the disk on the Apollo. We were thinking, okay, we're gonna have to write some new drivers and it's not fast enough. The, um, the theoretical performance of the disks that were in these machines was 1200 K bytes per second, mm -hmm. right? Eric Peters, uh, who was a chief technologist then wrote a test on the Mac to test the performance through the file system Mm -hmm. to see what that number was, because that was another key number. Sure. So he calls me up and I said, what's the number? He said, it's 1200. I said, no, that's the theoretical number, Eric. What's the actual number throughput that you tested? He said, it's 1200. Uh -huh. Why said, were you able to accomplish this on the Mac versus? Somebody from Apple, please tell me, because I've never seen anything perform at the full performance of an underlying system, but that did it. Wow. All right, they must have optimized for large uh, transfers or something, but it ran at the full speed of the underlying disk. In fact, I've never seen the underlying stuff ever run at the speeds that they say it will, but, wow. it, but it did. Wow. So now we had 1,200 uh, on the speed and we had 45 on the, uh, frame uh, on the frame rate. And that meant we had to make a decision and quickly because we had NAB 1989 coming up, which was going to be our announcement this was by now the fall of 1988. We had just taken our venture capital money. Right. 
we did some more testing and I finally gathered the people and I said, hey, when we, we have to make a decision today and when we walk out this door, there is no turning back. We have to decide today that we're gonna to switch to the Mac and everything on the Apollo is gonna stop. They're all gonna be sent back. You don't necessarily know that much about the Mac, but too bad, all right? It's the minute we walk out this door, it's all Apple. Wow. Um, and we sat there, we had our beers. I said, you, you ready to do it? And they said, we're ready. And we said, okay, that's it. And walked out, we called Apple, we said, we're in. We're in. And, uh, and we said, send as many Macs as you can. They gathered old junk from the, uh, uh, from the engineering labs because these things were really hard to get. And they were $5,000 each. Yeah. And um, they got us stuff that worked, you know, I mean, had no cases and, you know, <laughs> you know, amazing, you know, and, um, and we switched. Wow. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is so much that we compete today with Apple, yeah. but so much of Apple is in our blood, yeah. you know, and from then on, it was, you know, we built on the Mac and it wasn't really until, um, you know, eight years later that there was even any hint of other platforms.